Good afternoon, good morning, whatever time or however you listen to this. Thank you for tuning in once again to Last Word Productions. I'm your host, Tavares Wilson, and I always get the last word. Today, we got the same as usual, some NFL updates, some NBA news. But before I get into any of that, be sure to like and subscribe on my YouTube channel at Last Word Productions. And make sure you click the bell to get notified whenever I upload any content. And let's jump right into it. In the NFL news, you know, I'm going to speak on the outbreaks of the coronavirus and, and certain teams, what teams has affected the most thus far, and how I think they're going to go about the rest of the season. First of all, the Pittsburgh and Ravens game, to me, is just, it's asinine, and it's, to be honest with you, it's very confusing to me on why they elected to move their game several times, but they failed to even consider moving the Broncos in the Saints game even once. <laughs> I mean, I, I just wanted to say that because it obviously shows star power in every league it matters. They want the stars to play. You know, the moment Lamar Jackson was announced to test positive for COVID, Oh, we got to move the game to this day, to this day, and that day. I understand. I, I believe they had, I believe, what, 11 to, I think, maybe 18 people test positive. But that's that still doesn't make an excuse for the fact that they literally changed the date specifically when Lamar Jackson was announced to test positive. And the Broncos literally had no quarterback to play with on a roster this past Sunday against the Saints and literally got dogged walked by the Saints. This final score was 31-3. I mean, they had one completion, one completion the entire game. One. I mean, it's just very, it's just very, like, unfortunate for the Broncos and it's very disappointing how the league handled that situation. I mean, it's, I understand there's going to be outbreaks and there's going to be cases because, like I said, they can't be like how basketball did. They can't just put everyone in a bubble and poof, fixed. Because you're comparing a one one basketball team is like a fraction of a football team. So that would literally mean maybe, what, four, three basketball teams would equal one football team. It's, it's just hard to put all those and implement all that, all those men in one area and tell them, you know, stay for several months. And then I ain't even taking fact the, the practice squad individuals. I mean, it's just, it's just a lot, man. And I just feel as if it would be virtually impossible for them to do that for the NFL. But all that being said, they still should have handled the Denver Broncos game better than they did. At least get the guys a chance to be competitive. They already aren't favored to win. They're they're honestly going to lose this game regardless of who was that quarterback. But at least give them a chance to be competitive. They got absolutely, like I said, they got absolutely blowed out. It's just, it just didn't look good. It didn't look good on the league as well. And I just feel as if, they didn't give them a real chance to compete. Then later on, you had the Steelers, who James Conner, I believe, was the only player I've seen tested positive. But they had several coaching staff members test positive as well. So 
That, that's something that a lot of other teams have faced. I know the Dolphins has faced that. I mean, I think they went a two-game stretch without having, like, four or five assistant coaches or position coaches. It was just it was just crazy, man. I mean, teams, I'm pretty sure teams have prepared for this. They know the... You know, they know the possibilities and they know what can happen. So they have contingency plans. I just feel as if it's just very unfortunate, man, because it's like I said, it's so hard to prepare for something like that, especially the unknown. When you never know when someone's just going to turn up a positive test for, for it or you never know when someone is just, you know, not going to be able to go for how long. And then, you know, it's just. Like I said, it's unfortunate, but it's just the time and age right now it, with everything going on with COVID. And then you still got to take effect the injuries. So that it's just a double effect right now currently going on in the league. I know that it's affected a lot of teams. I know that it's going to keep affecting teams throughout the year. So with all that being said, I'm going to say this. I believe they should just do the best of eight man teams in the league. I really do. I think I said on my last podcast, I think that's what they should do anyway. I think the division winner thing is kind of outdated now. I mean, to me, I have all respect for every team in the league, but to me, in the NFC East, a team below 500 should not make the playoffs. They, they just should. I don't care what division they won. I don't care who took first place? What it it shouldn't happen. It just shouldn't. I'm sorry. I know that's gonna upset a couple of people, but that just shouldn't happen, man. It shouldn't. And I don't. And like I said, I don't care who feels what way about it. I understand it's, it's going to differ from the norm, but at the end of the day, it shouldn't happen, man. It just shouldn't. And. I feel as if that it's teams that's literally more deserving of that playoff berth than the Eagles or the Giants, the Redskins, not the Redskins, I'm sorry, the football team. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, think, I think the Redskins, I keep saying Redskins, I think the football team have a very talented defense but the offense is still some players behind. I think they can still use one or two playmakers. I like Antonio Gibson. You know, I think he's a very good young back all around. Be good receiving back. Can run between the tackles pretty well. But to me, it's just about whether or not you can make it competitive or not, man. And I just don't see either of those teams going in and being making it competitive or any other NFC opponent. I mean, maybe the Redskins, maybe, because of their front seven. They could wreak havoc. Giants, I I think the Giants had a chance to win it because I think they're the most well-coached team in the division. But if Daniel Jones is missing significant time, I don't, I don't see that playing out for them anymore. But... It's hard for me to say that I could see any of these guys actually competing with somebody. And it's 
it's just really unfortunate, man, that it's, the NFL has the playoffs set up the way it does. But at the end of the day, I think they should do exactly what they, you know, they said they would do if a lot more games were being rescheduled, canceled. It should just do the best of eight teams. I think that is very plausible. I think it should happen. And, you know, who knows? From there, I think it should just be that. And in the NBA, I don't really have any much news. You know, it's not anything significant going on. Only thing that really caught my attention this week was when I seen that the Rockets more than likely would be keeping both Westbrook and James Harden, which which I knew was going to happen. I mean, I kind of, although I knew James Harden wasn't moving. I don't. I don't really understand why he wants to move, but I already know the Rockets organization isn't the best. So I do understand that now that they lost their GM, I gotta see why he wants to move because his GM absolutely adored and loved him as the as a player, as a person too. So, but them losing their their head coach, uh, whose name I cannot remember right now, I have no idea why, but. Them losing him really didn't affect anything. I mean, his his coaching ability hasn't been exactly up to par. I mean, with the Lakers, with the Suns. I mean, he he hasn't produced any championships. He hasn't produced. He's produced winning seasons, yes, of course. But I don't see how else is he significant I mean he's playing one style of play he's living and dying by it and it's just it's not working I mean at some point you gotta realize it's just not gonna work it's not gonna work and it may never it may never work I know he got the assistant head coach job over there with Steve Nash in Brooklyn but it's it's just not gonna work miss that style of play living and dying by the three Eliminating the mid-range game, basically in the offense, and playing with no big—that that really, really hurt them. But it's not gonna work. It's just not. Okay, I'm gonna get over into the fans Q and A's. We we don't have as much as we did last week, but we still got a couple. So I'm gonna go ahead and get started. My first question comes from Eddie Hernandez. Who wins? The NFC East, do you think they'll win a playoff game? I had just spoke on this. I think as of now, with Daniel Jones missing time and it only being, what, I think six weeks left in the NFL, six, five weeks, I think the, I think the Redskins take it, man. I mean, Alex Smith is starting to come on a little bit. He's starting to find a little groove. You know, he's not turning the ball over. He ha- he didn't turn the ball over, I mean, this past game. At least I don't believe he did. Cause I know Jalen Smith I got a turnover. I'm I'm not fully sure if it was on an interception or or a fumble. But regardless, he's limiting turnovers. He's starting to look more sharp than he did when he first started taking snaps. I mean, the man career was almost over with a very, very gruesome leg injury. They almost had to amputate his leg. But for him, for him to even be playing is astonishing. Like it's it's insane. But I think they have a good 
quarterback situation currently. At least, at least they know their guy. I mean, to me, it's still very unfortunate, and I hate the fact that they benched Dwayne Haskins for being a young QB with who make mistakes. I mean, the guy has been in the league for a year and a half, going almost two now, and his second year in, no offseason, he's in his third playbook that he's learning, and he's on his third head coach. I don't, I don't see what drastic improvements they wanted to see out of him already. I just don't. And it's it's very unfortunate to me because he showed flashes that he looked to, to be able to take that next step. But the team just obviously they obviously don't believe in him. They obviously don't. They and they it's obvious they don't believe in him because the moment they traded for Cal Allen, it was evident that they didn't believe in him. And it was apparent that they didn't want him to be their guy. I mean, they gave him the keys at the beginning of the season literally to just see him flame out and have people say, You see, this is why we went to this guy. I mean, you gotta give a guy a chance. And like I said, they, they don't have the best playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. Outside of McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, who's an emerging rookie, what else can you truly say they team have that's somewhat explosive on that side of the ball? I mean, the tight end group is decent. The offensive line is okay. I mean, it's not, it's not great. They lost Trent Williams. I mean... It's, it's all right. I mean, it's, it's not nothing to write home about. So it's like, what what you expecting him to do with that? But I do think the risk is win the division. Do I think they win a division? Do I think they win a playoff game? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think they win a playoff game. I think I think they can make the most noise though out of all of the teams in the NFC East. So if they were to win one, it'd be kind of surprising, but it wouldn't be because like I said, as long if you can get off the quarterback, you got a chance. And they could do that. You know, they have they even have a guy, Ryan Kerrigan, who isn't playing as many snaps as he once did because they their front four is so loaded. You got Chase Young, you got Montez Sweat, like you they're loaded at this position, man. At every at every position on that defensive line, they're loaded. It is just it's crazy to me that if they have all that talent on that side of the ball and they're only sitting at four wins, I mean, it's, that just tells you how mediocre and poor the offense has been. We're gonna move on to the next question, also from Eddie Hernandez. Which division is the worst, the 2010 NFC West or the 2020 NFC East? Well, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the 2020 NFC East, and I'm gonna say that because I believe in the NFC West that year they've had two seven and nine teams. I don't I don't believe. I don't believe they're going to be two seven and nineteens in the NFC East this year. I, I just don't believe that. I, the Cowboys are dreadful. They might not win another game the way they playing. The Eagles may win one, maybe two, maybe. They're I don't I definitely don't have them winning a night against the Seahawks. Like I said, the Giants. If Dane Jones is out for a significant amount of time, I don't. They're they're not winning another game. They're already missing Saquon Barkley. 
So you're you're down your franchise running back and possibly your franchise QB, a guy who they at least at the moment view him as that. I mean, I don't I don't see anything panning out in your near future. I mean, you almost lost to the Bengals, who who also had their starting quarterback out. So down the stretch, I don't know how that's going to vote for them. The only team I can see finishing at seven and nine is maybe the Redskins. I mean, they they lost some close games this year that they could have won. I mean, especially with that Lions game when that Matt Prater made that last second god of a field goal. But I mean, that's the only team I can see really doing it. The rest of these teams, I I don't see getting over four, five wins at six at the most for them. So I'm going to have to go with the 2020 NFC East. Next question comes from Benjamin E. Cruz. To start a franchise, who you taking? Murray or Lamar? So he's referring to Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. I'm going to have to say Kyler Murray, man. And I'm not saying that to be spiteful towards Lamar Jackson because I had a lot of Lamar Jackson fans who listen to me. I'm not saying that to say Lamar isn't good. I say that for this simple reason. Kyler Murray is already light years ahead of Lamar Jackson in terms of passing the ball with skill, precision, anticipation, and being precise. He he may not be fully there in terms of, you know, the accuracy, the anticipation of his throws and all this. But he is still a class or two ahead of Lamar Jackson in terms of that. And he still gives you the athletic ability that Lamar Jackson does. He he I don't think he's as dynamic as Lamar. I don't think he, you know, is as as shifty. I think he is a little bit quicker though. So I think that works in his favor, especially with him being a smaller guy. But I do believe He's just as fast, and I believe he's just as good as a playmaker with his feet. But he's a much better passer of the ball. And to me, it's if you look at it, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not close there at this point. I mean, Lamar, he, outside of that game that they lost, who, who they just played? The, the Titans. Outside of that game, I mean... I haven't really seen him push the ball downfield all year. And he's only doing it to tight ends. He's he's I only seen him complete a deep pass to Mark Andrews. Don't get me wrong, Mark Andrews is legit. I think he's a very good tight end. I think he's highly underrated. Cause he, he doesn't get talked about enough in the best tight end conversation. I mean, I still think it's Kettle, but Mark Andrews could definitely make an argument, man, because I think he's the third best easily behind Kelsey and Kettle right now. But Lamar has to show me he can throw the ball downfield in the middle of the field to receivers because he, he struggles to even make completions to receivers. And it's it's tough to watch sometimes because you, you want to see him take that next step. He, he, he just has not shown it. I've seen Kyler Murray come in from day one, progress and get better each and every year. I cannot say the same for Lamar, even though his numbers were – Great last year, and I was the one for saying that he should for sure win the MVP. It shouldn't be questioned. But it's, it's evident that his inability to consistently 
be a threat from the pocket with his arm and to dissect the defense throwing the ball, it's coming real apparent and it's it started to be a problem for the Ravens. I mean, they've dropped what? Last, well, I think four of their last five games. I mean, and it's not going to get any easier for them. They, you know, they got the undefeated Steelers coming up, a division rival. They're going to be missing a lot of starters, including Lamar Jackson. And they got, I know they, I believe they still had the Browns as well. The Browns are saying, looking pretty good at 83, man. So they're going to, they're going to have to find something that they, they they got to switch it up. I mean, for them on the bright side, I, I believe Robert Griffin III is a is a good enough athlete still. He's he was in the, I mean, this guy was in the Olympics at one point competing. Well, could have competed in the Olympics and he's a he has a cannon for an arm still. I mean, he always had that and he he could throw from the pocket. The pocket. The only, his only problem was always making the correct reads. That was his issue. But I had to go with Kyler Murray, man. All right, this next question comes from Geno Peterson. Should the Bucks even want Brady back next year, especially if they have a chance to trade for Dak or finesse their way into getting a QB they like in the draft? That's underrated in their eyes. To me, if I'm the Bucks, I don't want Tom Brady back next season. And here's why. I believe, regardless of what your QB situation is, I mean, regardless if that's you trading for Dak Prescott, if that's you trading for another young guy like Sam Darnold who seems to be on his way out of the um, New York, if that's going after Marcus Mariota to back up in Las Vegas, if that's going after Daniel Jones who may be on his way out as well, Dwayne Haskins who's definitely on his way out, Regardless of, of who that is, draft a trade, sign whatever, you have to realize now at this point, Tom Brady just isn't the answer. And it's for two reasons. One reason, he's simply, matter of fact, I'll give you three. I think it's three reasons. One, he simply isn't the same QB he was five, six years ago, man. It, it's okay to say that, people. It's okay. He's he's in he's in his mid-40s. He ain't getting younger. And he's struggling. I mean, Bruce Aarons literally called him out the other day and said he is struggling to read defenses and what that the you know the schemes and the looks they're giving him. He's struggling to dissect it. I mean, that says a lot for a guy who's been playing a dec- two decades. He, you telling me he's struggling to read defenses? I mean, he's seen every coverage you could throw at him. So. To me, it's not that he – it shouldn't be because he's struggling to, you know, to read and grasp what the defense is in. To me, it's about – he's no – and this goes in my other reason. He's not no longer in a system that he had grown so accustomed to that helped him and he leaned on for years. I mean, it is it is obvious, man, that Brady misses the Patriots just as much – as Belichick and the Patriots misses him. It may be even more. Because, I mean, listen, every Patriots lost this year, I can't sit here and say they were ugly. Maybe they were ugly on the offensive side, outside of the Kansas City game, which they had suffered some, they lost some key players that game. But 
Other than that game, every other game they lost this year, they were in. I mean, they were in every game. It was one or two mistakes on the offensive side of the ball. Again, where they have no playmakers outside of Cam Newton and James White to an extent. But outside of those guys, they have zero playmakers. Zero. I mean, Julian Edelman hasn't even been playing, and he's not even that great of a receiver. He's your best option. So, I mean, it's just hard for them to even be an explosive team because of their their staff, what they have. But they're competitive every game because their defense, despite the fact that they lost a lot of starters, I believe they lost eight to opt it out the season, they're still competitive. And on top of that, they still got Belichick. And right now, I believe they're what? Five and six and the page and not the pages and the Bucks are seven and five. With all the talent the Bucks have, them to be seven and five is just not it's not acceptable. I'm sorry, it's, it's just not. The Bucks are way too talented to be sitting at seven and five. I don't care what Brady's doing. I don't care what the defense. They're way too talented on both sides of the ball, man. They're too talented. And Brady is a part of that reason, man. He, people haven't realized it. He's missing throws. He's missing reads. I mean, are some of the throws he's missing on him? No. I mean, I don't. I seen some drops from his receivers, but to go on to say that your 20th season vet quarterback is struggling to read defenses is asinine. It's horrible, and it shouldn't happen. So, yes, I believe the Bucs should move on, regardless of how this year pans out, even if it ends with Brady going back to another Super Bowl and hosting in Lombardi. To me, the Bucs have to realize that Tom ain't the answer. He's just not. I mean, his name at this point is worth more than his play. I mean, he went stretches where he played good, but against the Panthers, the Raiders, I mean, we're talking about bottom of the barrel defenses here, people. Chargers. I mean, these these aren't teams that you exactly had contending to compete for anything. I mean, maybe maybe the Raiders, but they just got beat by 37 points, 34, 37 points by the Falcons. I mean, you really want to write home about these guys, but... <laughs> Anyway, let me move on to the next question. Do you believe in the this come from Derek Derek Conchin? Do you believe in the tenor of Steelers? How do you compare their schedule to the other top seeded teams? Um, I definitely believe in the Steelers. I think the Steelers are legit, man. I don't, I, I absolutely love their defense. They can and they do the one thing that you need to do in this league at a very high clip. They get after the quarterback. T.J. Watt is making the case to be Defensive Player of the Year. I love Bud Dupree. I always thought he was kind of underrated. And their linebacker core, I mean, they're, they're missing Devin Bush. But outside of that, they got a good young linebacker core. I know they traded from the line. I believe it was Avery Williamson from the New York Jets. I know they traded for him. And... This is a team that's honestly, they're talented. They're loaded on both sides of the ball, but 
To me, man, I, I, and I said this yesterday to a couple of people. I just don't see the same QB play from Big Ben. I know people. I know people going to be like, oh well, he's doing his numbers say this and he's doing that, but he's not the same agile, extending plays, and dynamic guy that I've grown accustomed to watching for years. He is. It, he's just not. It's just not him anymore, man. And that's not to say he's not a good quarterback because he's playing well. But he's not the same guy that I've grown accustomed to watching. I don't watch a couple of the Steelers' film. I mean, I study every team in the league. Do I do a deep dive on every team? No. But I watch enough of the Steelers and I've seen enough of their games to know that Big Ben just isn't the same guy. I'm not saying, like, again, I got to stress this because Stella fans kill me with this. I'm not saying Big Ben is not good. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is he's not the same quarterback from four or five years ago, and that's okay. I'm not saying he has to be that. But what I am saying is when it, will, when it comes to the time, when it comes to time he has to be that, I don't think he could be it. And I think that may cost them a game in the playoffs or a game or two in the regular season. I really do. And again, I'm not saying that because I believe he's a liability, but I'm saying his one strength, which was extending plays, he he just can't do at a consistent basis anymore. I don't think that's him anymore. So I, I do think this team is legit. But I gotta I I gotta see it come postseason. I gotta see it come postseason. And for their remaining schedule, I mean they I know they got the Ravens coming up. I know they still gotta play the Browns. After that, I know they got the Bills still. They got the Colts and they got the Bengals. Oh I, I think they play Washington too. Yep, they play Washington too. So is that a catwalk? I mean, they gotta they gotta go up against some pretty good defenses. I mean, they can win all these games. Well, I think they beat the Browns. I think they beat the Bengals. But I think the I think the Washington game will be competitive. But I think they come out of that game successful. The Ravens, the Bills, and the Colts games though. The Bills and the Colts game are going to be real test for them. Because I think on paper, those will be the best two teams they'll play. Especially from the offensive side of the ball for the Bills and the defense side of the ball for the Colts. I mean, the Colts defense is for real, man. It's legit. I know people going to bash them for Derrick Henry literally running the muck on them. But it's Derrick Henry. He's, he's been doing that all year. It was, an, it was a stat that showed that. If Dan Henry yards after contact was counted for the league rushing yards, he would be third. That's yards after contact alone, people. I mean, this guy's just a load in the open field, so it's hard for any team to chalk. That's a hard check in the game, man, regardless of who you are. So I'm not going to hold them accountable for a guy who just simply beats you at birth. It's unfair, but... I do think the Steelers are legit, and I think their schedule 
they have winnable games, but a lot of them games could be lost as well. So I'm not going to say that they finish the season perfect. I don't. I, I don't believe they're going to go undefeated. I don't believe that. I think they lose at least two games, maybe three. I I think they finish with that best with that best thirteen wins though. But I don't see them going undefeated at all. And that'll be it for the questions, you guys. Thank you all for tuning in once again to the show. Again, be sure to like and subscribe on my YouTube channel, which is at Last Word Productions. And make sure you click the bell to be notified whenever I post new content. And if you listen through any podcast, streaming service, make sure you go ahead and subscribe and, you know, check me out every week. I I upload content every Monday and Wednesday. Thank you all for tuning in once again, and I'll see y'all in the next one.